another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the beautiful game network at BGN.FM and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL tonight. Ooh, we got a, a tough match to talk about <laughs> from this past week. It was a Bob Lilly special, uh, although uh, obviously a lot more high scoring than than most Bob Lilly uh, uh, encounters that the Red Bulls have had. Uh, this one was a 3 nothing loss to the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about our, uh, our, our standard feature of the ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. And then we've got two games to preview this week. One against the, uh, I guess... I guess now they're the arch nemesis of the New York Red Bulls too, uh, Bethlehem Steel. Then they're playing Ottawa Fury uh, at MSU Soccer Park this weekend on Sunday. And then we're going to talk about some news and notes around the USL. Joining me tonight, we're still hashtag Merced out. So we've got Bill Toomey of Bill Toomey Photography. Hey, Bill, what's up? Not too much. I think I'd be doing a little bit better if we didn't uh, get killed on the road. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, that was a very, very ugly game. Uh, yeah, we'll get into it in a little bit. <laughs> it was a tough weekend to be a Red Bull fan. At the same it time, uh, Pennsylvania was just pooping all over uh, the Red Bulls. <laughs> out west, the, the Riverhounds were beating New York Red Bull 2. And out east, the Philadelphia Union were advancing the U.S. Open Cup. Pennsylvania uh, was not nice to us. Not this weekend. And joining us, we've also got Mr. Joe Steen of Once Metro. Hello, Joe Steen. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing all right. <laughs> the aforementioned beating uh, this weekend for both teams I don't think affected me uh, that much. I had a, I had a Father's Day, uh, you know, a good Father's Day weekend. <laughs> My children are very unpredictable, but they were not rotten awful people this weekend so that was good and you're not <laughs> sick right so that's good yeah. I'm, I'm still getting over being sick but i'm not actively sick like i was last week so yes so good no times. coughing on the podcast people no coughing no and i went to the movies and i don't even have a popcorn story to tell you there there, oh, was, wow. there was nothing <laughs> wow <laughs> so very surprising <laughs> the the most i could give you was at one point uh because uh, I make Amy hold the popcorn because I'm not holding the popcorn for the children. And uh, at one point, she asked me to hold it so that she could get something out of her bag. I think she was getting like the kids' cups or something. And uh, Penny was like, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> she thought I was taking the popcorn away. That's it. Hopefully she put like a lot of extra butter on it. Like the movie theaters are That's amazing. the worst thing. to put like as much butter as you want on it. I and mean, not to get too off topic, but you could really load up your popcorn. And that is, of course, what she did, and is so disgusting. Like, <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about that. Let's think about somehow better things. And this 3 nothing loss to the Riverhounds. Uh, Nico Brett scores twice. Uh, looked good for a hat trick, but um, between Scott Levine and just you know some misfiring, able to keep him off the board for a third. But our good old friend Romeo Parks with the nail in the coffin for the third goal. This, I mean, overall, this was just a really, really tough match for the Red Bulls. They uh, managed to put together some attack, but I mean, the chances were were few and far between. I think uh, you know we could talk a little bit about uh, who should be starting on the wings. You know, because this is the first game in quite a while that Jared Stroud was not out there, and I think that was kind of evident. Uh, and then the, the the back line, just in general, uh, 
their inexperience may be catching up them uh, up to them a little bit in terms of how they uh, faced a very talented attack from from the Riverhounds. Justine, talk me off the ledge. What what are some of the good things you saw in this match? Well, not too much. Uh, there's not much you really can take that was good from a 3-0 win. But Brian White did have some moments in this game where he impressed me as far as his hold-up play. And he was able to get his teammates involved in the attack. Uh, it was one chance where Ben Mines hit the post, which really mm-hmm. could have turned the game around. But I think it was three minutes later, the Riverhounds scored, and that pretty much iced any chance of comeback. But... Uh, Scott Levine had a good game. Uh, he made some good stops to prevent the score from getting out of hand in the first half. But the defense, like you said, uh, Acqui and Pollitz, unfortunately, were just out-muscled for most of the match. Really had a difficult time dealing with Pittsburgh's pace on the counter. But other than that, I would say Brian White's ability to get his teammates involved and show that he can hold up the ball a little bit and not much else, really. That's all I got. <laughs> well, let's let's start with the back line a little bit. Uh, you you mentioned it as you were talking just now. Uh, Kevin Pollock's getting a, a little bit out-muscled, outworked by Romeo Parks on a number of occasions, especially in the first half where they almost scored off of a counterattack, where Pollock's had position on Parks, and he just basically got run over. Right. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, despite a lot of the good work that he's put in over the last couple of weeks, you know, it's it's that transition to pro life that I think you're seeing play out a little bit for him, where it's about kind of you know bulking up and figuring out the best way to use your bodies against attackers who might have superior physical skills uh, to or physical skill set uh, to your own. Right. Um, it was more of yeah, you know, he's and he's going to grow into this. I mean, he is you know he's only been here for a little while. And I think for the most part, he's done a very good job. Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, I mean, you're going to come up against these guys, especially in the USL, because there's a lot of counterattacking teams that are just going to be quicker than you. And he's going to learn that. I, I mean, you know, he's got some guys on the team that could help him as far as getting that. I mean, Jordan Scarlett's very he's not the quickest guy, but he's very good at using his body to block guys out. I mean, we saw it in preseason from him. So he's definitely somebody that could help him out with that stuff but him and Acqui, i mean it was only i think it's their third game that they've started together so right. yeah could be a chemistry thing too as far as you probably not realizing you know who to pick up and and devera and stoffer like to go forward so again they played right into pittsburgh's hands i think this was just one of those cases where it was a really bad matchup for them yeah and you know in the second half one of the things that i think hurt them was because they were getting caught on the break so much, I think they played a little bit more tentatively in terms of going into challenges and were backing off a little bit too much, giving too much space in front of them to pick out passes. That second goal is a perfect example of that, where you know they're, they're backing up, backing up, backing up, and Nico Brett just sneaks right behind them and uh, is able to put the ball away. Uh, Bill, well, one, oh, sorry, go ahead. There, well, there was one aspect in this game where I feel like they weren't as physical as Pittsburgh was. Like You could oh, see yeah. in the first half... Pittsburgh was oh, yeah. constantly fouling them, constantly dis- dis- uh, disrupting their rhythm. And there wasn't a lot of cards being given out. They were towards the end of the half. But I feel like they didn't really respond to that. I wanted to see that in the second half, more of them being more, you know, more physical with them, trying to, you know, one up, you know, match them on the physicality. But it really didn't happen. It 
Pittsburgh kind of just ran them over. They disrupted them. And I think they frustrated them a lot, a lot. And they were trying to make passes that weren't there in the second half a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, that right there is the Bob Lilly special. Uh, play sort of a dirty, not not necessarily dirty, I shouldn't say that, a physical uh, game to disrupt the flow of a team, especially a passing or a possession team like the Red Bulls, uh, and look for those those counter chances behind them when they do get the ball. Uh, Bill, I want to ask you, so this is Ben Mine's first real extended time on the field in quite a while. Did you think that maybe the wing play suffered a bit because they didn't have someone who could necessarily um, – open up the game or, or create from, from outside. Yeah. And, you know, I think I, I also think he's got to adjust a bit. I also think that if he would have scored that goal, like we were just saying earlier, that that would have completely changed, <clears throat> you know, the whole scope of the game. So plus they're playing away and uh, it's never good when the other team comes out swinging on the <laughs> counterattack and scores so quickly into the game and, and the defense was just not there at all. They they were getting outrun in almost every single play, and Pittsburgh was just able to get right behind them and and score. So I think all of that um, just added up, and it just was not a, a good game. Well, you know, as they say, the best defense is a good offense, right? And the, the offense really was letting them down quite a bit because of the, the oh, turnovers yeah. happening. Uh, but do you think maybe with Ben it's just, it, you know, similar to – to what we talked about for Pollitt's, it's just that adjustment to, to pro-life and <laughs> pro-life. <laughs> That's not what I meant, guys. Uh, to be to <laughs> being a professional athlete uh, and kind of having to learn maybe how to use your body. And and uh, I think especially with, with Ben, his decision-making uh, has to happen a lot sooner. He has to know what he's going to do once he receives the ball and not spend as much time sort of, you know, uh, dribbling fruitlessly. Yeah, I mean, Ben Ben Mines is still, you know, he's still a, a young guy, so he's only 18. <laughs> so he's still got a, a while to go. I mean, he's he's definitely a great player, but he's still got, you know, a lot to learn too. So I think once he does get adjusted there, you know, into the game, I think he'll be uh, in better shape. And we've kind of seen him play a few games, too, with the first team. So I definitely think he's able to adjust. Just takes time, I guess. Just okay. takes time. All right, I'm going to put this out to you guys. Uh, who should be the two starting wingers then? Uh, ben, Jared, and Amando Moreno, of those three, who should be starting on the wings? Let's start with you, Joe. I'll go with Moreno and... Stroud for now. Stroud's been their biggest uh, threat on the wing as far as getting the ball into the box. Uh, and Moreno, I really like the fact that he's able to run at defenders and really he's kind of like their junior Flemings of last year, but I think he fits more into this into the style of this team. And it, it's good for him to do that, but then to have two of those players, you know, Ben and Amanda running at the defense like that, you lose that whole uh, that that width that has made them dangerous over the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Bill, are you on the same page? Yeah, I'm on the same page, especially since uh, Stroud is the assist machine. So he's, the, he's got a <laughs> yes, he's got a lot of talent. That's for sure. Okay, uh, let's talk about man of the match. Who would you give it to? Uh, I'll start with you, Bill. I, I really don't think there's. <laughs> Man of the match for this game. Fair. <laughs> Joe? 
if I had to give it to someone, I would say Scott Levine, just because I think he kept the game close in the first half. Okay, I think that's fair too. I, I'm going to agree with Bill on this one. I'm not giving it to anybody. Uh, best to just kind of forget about this one <laughs> and move on. Um, okay, let's uh, let's do the ex New York Red Bull uh, two report. The ex New York Red Bull two report, uh, starting of course with Rafi Diaz. He has yet to play for Sac Republic. Didn't play. In either of their matches this past week, a one nothing win over Fresno and a one nothing loss to San Antonio. Right, Rafi, we're, we're pulling for you. Hope you get some minutes soon. Noah Powder came off the bench and played 27 minutes in uh, Orla- oh, not Orlando City, Orange County SC's 2-2 draw with Reno 1868, which of course featured Zach Carroll, who started and played 90 minutes in that match. Dan Metzger uh, started and played 90 minutes in Penn FC's 3-3 draw with Louisville City, which also featured a 90-minute performance from Speedy Williams. Um, Dilly Duca started and scored a goal in FC Motown's 3-1 win over Atlantic City FC. They are now in first place in their division. I think they're 6-0 and and have only conceded twice so far. Hunter Freeman, I believe, is just not on that team. <laughs> I think he put a plate in the Open Cup, but uh, he has yet to feature again for the team since then. Uh, David Najem is out for the season with the ACL uh, injury. Junior Flemings and Tampa Bay Rowdies were off this weekend anyway. Brandon Allen uh, started and played 68 minutes for Nashville SC's 1-0 win over North Carolina FC. He picked no up, penalty kicks. No penalty kick, uh, but he did pick up a yellow card in that game. Uh, Corey Herzog did not play in St. Louis FC's 1-0 loss to Real Monarchs SLC. He might be hurt. He hasn't been out there for the last couple of uh, games. Uh, Kyle Rainish, I think, is also hurt because he missed both of Fresno FC's matches. Uh, the one nothing loss to Sac Republic, which we mentioned before, and a 4-1 win over the Swope Park Rangers. What a crazy win for a team that hasn't really done that to anyone else in the league so far. Um, Conrad Pleva finally got into a match. He uh, came off the bench and played 65 minutes in uh, Real Monarch's 3-2 loss to the Swope Park Rangers earlier this week. Congrats, Conrad. I think that's his first... Um, I, I, th- I think those are his first minutes since he's moved to Salt Lake. So, way to go, Conrad. Uh, Mike DeFonta uh, started and played 90 minutes in both of Phoenix Rising's big wins this past week. 4 nothing over Las Vegas Lights FC and 3 nothing over the Tulsa Roughnecks. Carl Wimet started and played 90 minutes in Indy 11's 3-1 win over Toronto FC 2. And the sole... Players still operating overseas. Zico Lewis, uh, he was not in the 18 for FH Hafnarf Yardar's 3-0 win over Viking Reykjavik. I think I got all that right. Sounds good. <laughs> well done. Well done. I don't know how you say it because I, I, I still <laughs> I literally have it written out uh, phonetically. Half Narf Fee Yardar. <laughs> Hafnar Fjardar. Really yeah. yeah, you have to do that, <laughs> especially at the end there. Fjardar. Fjardar. It might Fjordor, but whatever. Fjardar. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else's season is over who's playing overseas so far. Um, Fidel Escobar and Panama, uh, because he's not really ex New York Red Bull, too, but, um, you know, good effort, boys, uh, but they, they took a 3 nothing loss to, to Belgium. And honestly, it could have been a lot worse, so. 
uh, I guess good on them to, to keep it from getting out of hand. Belgium so far probably looking the best of all the teams at the World Cup, so not the worst thing in the world. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. Then when we come back, we're going to be previewing the try again. We are going to be previewing the matches against the Bethlehem Steel tomorrow night or today, depending on if you're listening to this on Wednesday, and Ottawa Fury on Sunday. So stick around. Two games to preview for this week. Uh, tomorrow night, or I guess today's game against Bethlehem Steel. Uh, obviously, they won last time out. Uh, five, right now, they are 5-5-4, five, 3-1-3 five, and four, three, one and 3 at home. So they've been doing very, very well at home. Uh, and obviously, one of those wins is against the Red Bulls in, what was it? It was 3 nothing that match? Yeah. yeah. It was ugly. It was very ugly. That was one of the ones where we were like, oh, maybe this team might not be as good as we thought. Uh, their wins in their last five, sorry, they're 2-1-2, two, two, wins over Indy, uh, North Carolina FC, lost to Ottawa Fury, Sunday's opponent, and draws against Louisville City and FC Cincinnati. So look, I mean, this team is playing really well right now. Uh, they're not necessarily consistent, which has been a problem, but I think they're starting to kind of figure out uh, who their um, 11 or even 18 are on a regular basis. And they're starting to get a lot of good stuff, but not necessarily uh, from a specific player. So they've got uh, goals from Derek Jones, Corey Burke, Fabian Herbers, Michi Ingolina, uh, Santi Moore, et cetera, et cetera. And nobody has more than two goals on this team. I think Derek Jones maybe has three. Uh, but they are just spreading the wealth. Everybody's chipping in. They play a lot like their big brother club, Philadelphia Union, which is good for all MLS2 teams. They should be resembling the system or style of their their first team. They've got the speedy counter. Uh, They can uh, switch fields and really frustrate the Red Bulls who want to press them. And, you know, it's hard to to look at this match and the way that they played against uh, the Riverhounds and expect them um, to get a much better result this time out. Jostine, why am I wrong? Well, you're not wrong. (laughs) Uh, I hate to say it, but for some reason, when they have gone to Bethlehem in the last two years, they've struggled. Doesn't seem that they're going to convince me otherwise. They've only scored one goal since the end of April on the road, and their last goal came against Los Dos. I don't know. I want to believe that this team can... Get a result, even I. I think if we'd even take a draw here, uh, but I can't see it to be honest. Do you think they'll play for a draw, maybe with uh, a weaker lineup, uh, and then look for the win on Sunday? Because I mean, uh, I, look- thought, I thought they were going to do that on Saturday. To be honest, I thought <laughs> they were going to try and I thought they were going to try and sit back and you know let Pittsburgh, you, you know, try and. Bob Lilly, their way to a draw, but uh, it didn't happen. It did um, not. So they, they got to come at this and they have to, I think they're going to play their style, but they have to be wary of this team because they are, I, we saw in the first game, they're very deadly on the counter. And 
Adam Najem, who has seemed to be the bane of Red Bull 2's existence these last two years, yeah. has really, really stepped up for these games. So I think we'll see him make another impact on this game as well. But I don't know. I, I want to believe this team can get their first road win of the year, but I don't think it's going to come against Bethlehem. Bill, if if I were going to throw out a lineup that could at least get a point, who is starting for you in the midfield? Andrew Tenari, for sure. But you're not going to save him for the Ottawa game. You're going to you're going to push him midweek. I'm going to push him mid midweek, and the, and the reason is, I mean, the, the, this team has to play to to win. We we can't play for draws anymore. I mean, we're sitting what eighth place in the in the East. Eighth in the East. I think if they lose this match, uh, they will be leapfrogged by Bethlehem. Yeah, I, and it's it's not good considering uh, this past. A few weeks ago, right when we played them and and we lost, but Beth Steele, I mean, they they only beat North Carolina FC by by one goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tied against FC Cincinnati. Yeah. So they 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 might be in a rough uh, place too, but there's just an issue with Rebels two playing on the road this season. You know, in the beginning of the season, we had that issue, and we seemed to kind of get away from it. We started to play a little bit better on the road and now we're kind of stuck in the same rut again so i'm hoping that uh a miracle can happen tomorrow or wednesday and hopefully we can pull something off i just want to see them get a point i feel like they could do it if they really try if i look they could absolutely beat beth Steele, but they can't do it the way they played over the last couple of weeks which is very sloppy in the midfield and susceptible to counters because of the fullbacks being pushed up too high and no one covering for them so they definitely have some things to, to work out. Uh, let's get predictions. I'll start with you, uh, Bill. It's hard to say. I At this point, I mean, I want them to win, but I, I would be happy with the draw, so I'm going to go uh, 1-1. Okay. Justine. I'm going to go 2-1 Bethlehem. Okay. That's not, that's not that bad. I feel like that that's attainable. Uh, but I do not have um, as much optimism <laughs> as a 2-1 loss. I'm going to say this is another 3 nothing loss. I feel like Bethlehem's just going to get all over this team again. Uh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, Joe's going to run them over, then put the bus <laughs> in reverse and run them over again. <laughs> I think it's just going to be a bad one. All right, let's move on to Ottawa. Uh, far weaker team than Bethlehem, but still defensively very stout. That they are four six and three, uh, one four and one away. If that is uh, a glimmer of hope, uh, they are two two and one in their last five matches. Wins over Bethlehem Steel, uh, Toronto FC two. They lost to Charlotte and North Carolina FC. So I guess don't go to North Carolina if you're Ottawa. Can't get any <laughs> points there. Uh, South Carolina. They were able to pick up a point against Charleston. <laughs> so. Uh, mixed bag. They they're really not a bad team. Their goal scorers are Steven Dos Santos and Kevin Oliveira. Both of them each have uh, three goals apiece. There's not a consistent playmaker on this team, but there's a lot of good players uh, that have contributed to the attack. Not unlike Bethlehem Steel. Um, from the May second shutout against the Red Bulls, that weird midday camp day uh, match. They went on a six-game shutout streak where uh, they picked up, obviously, a number of points and didn't give up a goal in six games. 
But uh, even with their defense being as good as it is at times, uh, they really struggle with consistency in front of goal. And, you know, when they're at their best, they can be tricky and can offer um, at least problems for for other teams to solve. Um, But even at their worst... Uh, like I said, their defense is, is is very strong and can really frustrate teams, especially a team like Red Bull. Uh, Bill, let's start with you this time. What is it going to take for the Red Bulls to get this win at home? And uh, who really needs to step up that maybe has been lacking in the last couple of, of, of matches? Or, well, I guess not really true, but uh, uh, who's been lacking over the last two games, we'll call it. Brian White, he hasn't really been whacked, hasn't been... They're all the way, but it would be cool if we could see some goals from him. And what's interesting, too, is that we've played Ottawa a total of four times, and we have yet to win against Ottawa. There's been three three draws and one loss. So if we can win against Ottawa, it's a home game. Hopefully we can get a lot of people to show up to Montclair and uh, support the boys and and get a win at, at home. Yeah, I think that would probably be a good thing. You know, I, I'm talking to you right now, and I'm realizing – that I'm probably using the wrong microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Did my voice change a whole bunch? Oh, yeah. It did. Yeah. It yeah. did. God, I always do that. Whenever I hook up my, uh, my microphone to record with, I always forget that I need to change the preferences in Skype because they default back. <laughs> so you sound like a completely different man. I yeah, am a do. different man now. This is how I sound. This is my voice. I don't know. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Consistency. That's what we need. Uh, both for the Red Bulls and for my voice. <laughs> Jostine. <laughs> yes. uh, Ottawa. Is this is this a, a fool's errand? Can we expect them to, to do better than they they have done against the River Hounds and Beth Steele, who all arguably play a, a similar style? I think we can, especially because I really think the difference in this is the game's at home and they've been electric at home this year. Um, except for the Cincinnati game, which you could argue they kind of gave away in the second half mm-hmm. with you know the heat and everything. Uh, they've been, I mean, the, the Charlotte game pretty much illustrated how they are at home. They're electric. They get forward. They look great. And I really think they'll rebound after a loss tomorrow with a big win against Ottawa. I pretty much see them dominating them and actually getting some goals in this game, unlike the first game. All right. Who's going to be scoring those goals then? Because, uh, you know, like we said, Brian White's kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, Andrew Tenari was uh leading the team for a little while then Amanda Moreno kind of started chipping in so who's going to be scoring the goals for them against Ottawa I think we'll see one from Moreno and Stroud and two from Brian White okay I think that's fair Uh, Bill let's get your prediction for this game I don't know if we're going to get four goals but I'm definitely going to go with uh, two nothing okay uh, respectable. I'm going to say that this is a 1-1 draw. I'm still not feeling it. I'm very pessimistic. Uh, I think that, you know, there's a lot of good talent on the team, but they got to work some stuff out. And now we're going to turn it over to the news and notes of all things happening around the USL. Uh, starting first, the Richmond Kickers set up a friendly 
this summer with RCD Espanol. Uh, that is going to be on Wednesday, July 25th, if you're traveling to Richmond to go see that game. Something tells me you guys are not, but uh, here we are. Um, it is the first time a team from Spain's top flight will appear in Virginia. So a little uh, historic uh, significance there. And uh, they're going to be in the U.S. for about a week, it looks like, uh, for a preseason tour. And they're going to use City Stadium. Uh, as their like base camp during their seven day stay. Uh, previous years, the kickers had hosted uh, English Premier League sides Crystal Palace and West Bromovich. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Bromovich. What happened to me just then? West Bromwich Albion uh, and Swansea City, who came the last two years. Uh, all those teams have struggled mightily <laughs> in the Premier League following their trip out here. So keep that in mind if you're <laughs> coming <laughs> to play the Richmond Kickers. Uh, is this uh, is this enough to start raising the awareness of the league, uh, maybe globally? Is the is there even a perception of USL overseas? I've got no idea. Just- uh, it's kind of hard to say. I mean. If you remember a few summers ago when Chelsea came to Red Bull Arena and they pretty much played, you know, like the third team and they lost. I don't know if that did anything for MLS or any other leagues here in the United States. <laughs> well, look, I mean, people were talking about that, but when they were talking about that match, they referred uh, to it as the New York Red Bulls and not True. the Red Bulls youth team. So. Uh, it, I don't know if that necessarily did much for the perception. Joey, do you have any idea what what's the uh, the the scuttlebutt about USL across the pond? I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's good for the league. I mean, it's another it's another one of the top leagues in Europe coming over. To, you know, not a high profile team, but a, a, a good mid table team in the league coming over and playing a USL team. It's good. It's exposure. That's, yeah. That, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter who it is. As long as it's, you know, a team from a top tier league, it still exposes the, it, the across, across the pond to the league. I feel like 15 years ago, Espanol coming over would have been a pretty good thing, but I want to take a look at their squad from then. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to guess based on what, uh, what I can remember, which is not a lot <laughs> regularly. Um, the kickers this year have not necessarily been uh, anything to write home about. But, you know, getting a friendly against a team like this, I think, should be a good thing. Uh, why do you make this difficult, Wikipedia? RCD Espanol. Diego Lopez is there. 2005, let's say. Oh, they're doing nothing to help me here. Thanks, guys. All right, we're going to have to do it the slow way and, and click around. Uh, in the meantime, can we talk about... What the, the... All they have is... Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I know how I'm going to find this. Um, we could talk about how I've uh, got... Nope, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> or we could talk about Las Vegas FC won another game. There you go. Who did they beat? Hold on here. I'm pulling it up real quick. So they won. <laughs> well, man, they're kind of at the bottom of the table, which is not 
not cool. So they're currently sitting at 12th place in the West. And their last match, they beat Seattle Sounders FC2 4 to 1. Yeah, I mean, look, Seattle Sounders <laughs> FC2, it, it's bad news there. I'll tell you who the uh, Espanol had in, okay. in 2005. Are you ready for this? Mauricio Pacchettino. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was still playing. He was one of their center backs. Um, let's see. Anybody else of note? Alex. I don't know. I felt like they had a better team then. I guess I could be wrong. Talk about how Phoenix Rising is second in the West right now. They are doing very well. I um, my 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 thing with them still is they haven't proved themselves against a, a top team. Like they whoop on teams at the bottom of the table, but they're maybe average is the best way to say it against any team at the top of the table. Is Drogba still scoring? Yeah, goals yeah he's still there and scoring goals. They probably had the goal of the season over the weekend, though. Uh, do not remember. Refresh, refresh my memory. Uh, who was it? Um, Wait, Jason Johnson. Jason Johnson's uh, overhead kick, which is yeah. pretty uh, probably the goal of the season. I yeah. don't know if anything's going to top that. All right, we'll see. We'll see. You never know. Jared Stroud's going to unleash a fifty-yard monster bicycle kick. <laughs> Jared, will, Jared will score a left footer, left footed chip from midfield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Escobar, uh, we were talking about him before, almost scored <laughs> from deep in his own half uh, in the World Cup. That would have been That's amazing. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Court, Court, if Courtois, if, you know, if it wasn't a guy Courtois' size, and then that probably yeah, would have went in. I think so. Um, okay, uh, moving on. We, we, we did that to death, I guess. <laughs> uh, USL attendance. Set a single week record this past weekend, 140,000 in attendance across the league. Obviously, uh, the usual suspects like Cincinnati and Nashville, uh, Sacramento, I want to say, was another one of those teams. Uh, Pittsburgh had their highest attendance of the weekend uh, this past weekend. I think uh, there's another team in there that I can't think of right now. But... Uh, the point is, you know, uh, attendance is still going up. I think everyone at USL is licking their chops. They're really happy with the numbers. And uh, I expect them to continue to break records. This is the second time they broke the single-week record uh, for attendance this year. So congrats, USL. You guys have anything you want to add? Might go down next year when Cincinnati joins Yeah, I would, uh, I would guess. I would guess that's going to happen. But... Uh, there are other new teams that are coming to league next season, including uh, the newest announced worst kept secret in USL. New Mexico has been awarded a team. I don't even think they have a name yet. They're going to be playing in Albuquerque. Uh, Joe, it looks like the Southwest is blowing up now that you left it. What gives? <laughs> I think it's because I left it. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You were always holding them back. <laughs> it's all um, your fault. There's always been a lot of fans down in the Southwest, and I really think they're taking advantage of getting into that market. Uh, you know, we, we saw it with uh, with when Phoenix went the uh, underwent the ownership change and moved. Immediately, they they started building their brand, and they've got great attendance numbers now. So they're taking advantage of the market, which props to USL. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to to, to clap them on the back. I think that a lot of the markets that are coming into the league are untapped 
uh, otherwise and and could be potentially really nice markets uh birmingham is also another team coming in i think next season it might be not until uh 2020 uh but lots of cool stuff happening and of course they're gonna have to fill out uh, d3 whenever that actually uh, occurs and they're still talking about uh who will be or won't be involved in that whenever that happens so that should be pretty interesting um that's it that's a, we've come to an end of another episode of raising bulls kind of a short one this week we didn't have a guest to torment um so <laughs> so uh not not a ton but you know we got two big games coming up this weekend the the game at msu the match i should say the match at msu uh this weekend is at 5 p.m come out you can get a hot dog Heck, it sounds like you can get a hamburger there now. It sounds like they've diversified the food options. You are no longer hamstrung <laughs> by the hot dogs. You can you can get other things. And you could get some red nice Red Bull 2 merch. There you go. The Mitchell and Ness Red Bull 2 merch is happening there. And I have not been out to MSU yet. I missed it for the opener a couple weeks ago. When, or not even a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Jesus. Just last week. Uh when i was sick but i will be there this weekend i'll have stickers if you run into me and i owe you a sticker please don't beat me up i'll just give it to you there <laughs> uh you could probably see joe steen i'm gonna guess he's gonna be there i will yeah yep yeah, in costume um and bill you're coming on sunday we can see you i might be there all right on uh how things roll so i'm i'm hoping Bill might be there. I can guarantee you Anthony Merced will not be there. As you can tell, he's still not back on this podcast. Merced Out is doing its job. I want to thank all of the people who have been hashtagging that, which I don't think anybody has. But um, <laughs> He only goes to games at baseball fields. That's right. That's all he does now. Uh, the threat of Merced is always looming, of course, but uh, for now, he remains at bay. Like, like the end of Godzilla 1954. Uh, <laughs> anyway uh, you can follow us on Twitter I am at underscore Joe Goldstein I'm at Bill TNJ I'm at Jsteen15 and if you'd like to follow the show and we hope you do we are at Raising Bull Cast and of course as I've said that's all on Twitter One Bull Raising Bull Cast you can follow us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls you can go to RaisingBulls.com uh, very soon will also be linked on uh, the Red Bull News Network, the new Red Bull News dedicated site uh, that is coming up. Look for that launch in probably the end of July, early August. We got we got stuff. We're staffing up. If you've got ideas for content, video, audio, written content, reach out to us. Pitch us some things. We would definitely love to have you on the site. You can follow us on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play or wherever else you get your podcasts. Find us, rate us, review us. It really does help and means everything. Hashtag Merced out. We are at the beautiful game network, BGN.FM. They've got great shows over there like the USL show, uh, Back Chat for the Colorado Springs Switchbacks, Tornado Alley, uh, LWSC, Down the Valley, uh, Foxtrot is one of the new ones over there. Uh, please, uh, Go there, listen to those podcasts. You will find out everything you need to know about USL and maybe even some more. 
there's some really fantastic shows there. So please, please go check those out. And again, that's bgn.fm for the Beautiful Game Network. And last but not least, I want to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Joe Steen, Bill Toomey, and hashtag Merced out, thank you very much and have a great night. Oh man, it's weird if they're both gonna clap. Jesus, what is that?